think that like the biggest thing a, a spiritual person could do if they want to grow is open a business, is start a business. Yeah. Because like you're getting pushed so hard by so many different people, by, you know, how do you not let the voice in your head completely take over? And how do you, you know, it's like, how do you relax when you're not going to want to relax ever because you're thinking about your business 24 mm seven. -hmm. So it's like, it's been an incredible training, training grounds, much better than being in a cave meditating for years. Hello and welcome to Survival, where we chat with gym owners about their stories in entrepreneurship and how they've been able to survive and adapt during the coronavirus pandemic. My name is Alex and I'm your host, and this is sponsored by Imbue. So we're live. We got Alyssa from Hardcore. Actually. What? Alyssa. Oh, Lisa? Oh my gosh. Don't worry about it. Dang, sorry about that. Elisa <laughs> from Hardcore. How'd you come up with the name Hardcore? That's such a cool name. My sister actually made it. So oh, our first our first name for our studio was called High Vi, short for high vibration. Mm -hmm. I picked the name. Nice. So after about a year, people were like, it looks like HIV. <laughs> so my younger sister was she's very talented designer, creative. She was like she was. She had this whole PowerPoint presentation for me. She was like, "All right." She's like, "Let's name it Hardcore," and I was like, "Let's name it tomorrow." And she was like, "No, no, no! Like, we gotta set it up. We gotta, you know, this has to look nice." So, but she picked it. So I'm very grateful uh, for my sister. So you're the, you're the spontaneous one. Let's name. You want to rename it tomorrow, like the next day. Yeah, I'm, I'm very Gemini. I'm just like, let's do. I'm always like, right, life's right now. You know what I mean? Like, let's go right now. Let's do it. So yeah. Nice. I can totally sense that. <laughs> yeah. Super cool. So um, I guess I wanted to start with, you know, what was your like first memory in like fitness or like wellness yeah. or because you're, you know, you're uh, a Bay native, you grew up here. I, I was curious, like, you know, what, what what's your roots in, in fitness? Yeah, for, so um, just like coming for like movement in general. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I grew up dancing flamenco. So flamenco is from Spain. <laughs> um, have you heard of it before? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. Okay, sometimes people don't know. So um, when I was maybe like six, seven, I started dancing flamenco with all my sisters. So I have three sisters, and we randomly knew this flamenco teacher in San Francisco. So she trained us for about like 12 years. Wow. So I grew up um, dancing and uh, making everything look very pretty. Um, so with the biggest thing I feel like I've learned with working out is like you actually have to engage. You have to like you have to like squeeze, you know, you can't just be like zoning out and expect to get abs, mm -hmm. you know? Totally. So that was the beginning of my movement was dancing. Dang. And so you competed and competed in that and like travel all around for uh, dance competitive, like do you compete for the dancing or no? No, I did not. Um, yeah, it wasn't, I didn't grow up like that, which I'm glad about because, uh, to me, like competition is a very like masculine trait, and I want to be in my feminine. So it's like I'm I'm on this quest of like being my feminine. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, totally. yeah, Competition for women, I feel like can get ugly. That is true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> for men, it's great. Men are your guys' nature is to, to compete, to be like who's the best, not whoever wins. After it's like, yo, bro, yo. <laughs> like, I hope she dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of women. So, well, so I grew up. I have three sisters as well, and so oh, I know the I know the uh, 
the perils that can come with women in competition. I've heard the horror stories from my sisters in, in grade school and how terrible they were treated by some of the their fellow peers because of competition for like friends and what any sort of competition ended up pretty badly. Yeah, it was yeah. ugly. So <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So so you did flamenco and then how did you get into how did you get into Pilates in, in the first place? Yeah. Um, so and did you do anything? Did you, did you have yeah. a studio before? Uh, before? No. Oh, okay. So, you know, this is like truly like from spirit, from God. Um, so I was living in Los Angeles. I was going to school. I wanted to be an actor. I was studying acting. And then I realized what after happened? all my acting. Wait, what did you say? What happened with your, with the acting, with your uh, acting? I realized I hated it. Seriously? I didn't like it at all. Yeah, like I just like when I looked at a script, I was like, I don't care, you know. Like I didn't want to be another character. I wanted to like be me, and I wanted to find out everything about myself as Elisa because like we're all living our own movie. You know what I mean? Like you're you have your movie, I have my. So like I wanted to like live my movie without being another character. I wanted to be myself and discover who I was. So when I realized that about acting, and I didn't want to be on a set, I was like, I don't want to be on a set all day. I don't want to be. Yeah, it's so boring. Like I had an acting teacher tell me, like, expect to be sitting at sets all day. And I was like, I'm way too high energy for this shiz. Like I can't, I can't do that. So I put up, so I was taking acting classes living in LA, right? And then I was taking these Megaformer classes in Los Angeles and Megaformer uh, originated in Los Angeles. So I was taking these classes and I realized, I was like, I like my Megaformer classes more than my acting classes. So I moved back to the Bay Area because I felt very like, called to go back to the bay area and i was like selling solar um randomly and i met this man in pacifica who was like what lights you up and i was like i love megaformer and he's like you should open a studio and i was like no i'm gonna be a hippie in argentina and and so then i was like <laughs> then i thought about it and then i was like you know what no like i want to i'm gonna open my own megaformer studio so i opened it i told my dad who uh, is a chiropractor was successful chiropractor. He had three of his own businesses, mm -hmm. clinics. So I told my dad about this idea and my dad was like, okay, like he, me and him are the same. So I told him, he's like, all right, you're going to open, like, you're going to find a lease open in like, I was like, oh, we'll open in two years. He's like, no, you're opening in like a couple months. Oh and gosh. so my dad's very much like, go, 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 go. So, um, yeah, like I opened six months later after I had the idea and uh, my two younger sisters decided to open the studio with me. Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy. So your dad had a big influence on it. What'd you say? Your dad had a big influence on, on, uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So he like gave us like the starting money to like, you know, buy the machines to like, he negotiated our lease. So my dad is absolutely like our first, like our biggest, my biggest fan, like my business's biggest fan. So yeah, I'm really lucky. Dang. That's super cool. Yeah. So, um, I guess like backtracking a little bit, like what, what was that? So you, I mean, you took us on a journey of like you were, you know, you felt called to it. Can you go maybe even go a little bit more in depth about like um, that the process of figuring out that you actually wanted to open up the gym? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So my sister Valerie, she's like the operations part of the business. Yeah. Um, and so she was doing a lot of the research and my other sister is like the designer. So I have my two sisters who run the business with me and my sister who's the designer was like, you know, coming up with like logos, you know, for the very challenging name high by like she'd be like oh it's like ugly like how do i like you know put this on instagram without it looking like hiv so my two sisters were the like were the they really helped like start the business and i was like honestly like 
not doing really anything. Um, I was like, uh, I was I was not really doing much. I was studying how to teach. So the months leading up to opening the studio, I was going to LA training with Sebastian Legree. He's the creator of the Megaformer. Okay. So I'd be going to LA, taking classes at different studios that were doing really well. And so I was learning how to be a teacher. Um, and so pretty much like um, the day before we opened the studio is when I taught my very first class. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. Terrible idea. <laughs> like I've never do it again. Um, well, you only had to do it I once, right? You, you only have to teach your first class once, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the first the first hundred classes were pretty rough, but thank God I taught like thirty classes a week. So within a month, I already had like a hundred class under my belt. Mm -hmm. So that was good. But it, I mean, like you know, we yeah, it was it was a challenging time. It was a hard time to like really not know what you were doing. Like our name was High by. You know, no one cares who you are when you first start, so a lot of growing pains. Yeah, that's, that is so true. What was it like going into your first class? Like, like can you take us through like that? Like, your mindset, you're like, you're, this is your first class ever teaching on, on a reformer, and it's with your own studio you're opening yeah. up. Like, what was your mind? Were you afraid? Like, You know what's so funny is I feel like to create anything, you have to be a bit delusional. I'm sure you could agree with me. That is very true, yeah. Right? I feel like everyone I talk to, they're like, yeah, I was delusional. So I was so delusional. I was like so like, had so much what I see now is like a false confidence. I was like, yeah, like we're doing this. Like I'm opening my studio tomorrow. I had no idea what I was doing. And it wasn't until <laughs> six months later, I was like, what did I get myself into? Like, oh my God. Um, so I was I was very confident for no reason when I opened my studio. I was twenty. I just I I mean so we opened like June second. I turned twenty six a few days before. Wow. So I just like had no idea what I was doing, and I didn't care though. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like almost where the where the the biggest disruptors they come from. Like they have they just come really? and they don't really have. I mean, yeah. Like you look at the one of the biggest disruptors in the. In the hotel spaces, Brian Jeske, and he never, you know, spent the day working at a hotel, or you know, never had did anything in the in the hospitality space. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, right. So, so it's, it, yeah, so it's kind of crazy. But. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing is like I'm a very passionate person, and like I I was so obsessed with this workout. So I would meet people in the street who'd be like, they walk in, they'd be like, "What is this business?" And I'd be like, "You know what? This is the best workout you've ever done." And I had not even taught before. Like I was 20 pounds heavier than I am now. I didn't even look fit. Just like everything looked like, why would I go in there? But I was so excited. So because I was so excited, like people were like, "Okay, like." I'm going to try this because this girl's excited. So I think that's the biggest thing is like the passion, the excitement. Yeah. Interesting. That is so true though. That is so true. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so you, so what, what was the timeline from like from your first class to like opening up your second studio? What did that growth look yeah. like? Um, so my, so my first studio, okay. So we opened in Redwood city. The mm -hmm. first year was a lot of growing pains, a lot of like, you know, manage had, I never managed anyone before. I was like managing employees, like, if, you know, it was just stuff that I literally had never done before. Like I, bef before I was opening my studio, before I sold solar, I was, you know, I was acting, I was a nanny and I was like, uh, like, how do I tell this person this like really hard feedback about their class? You know, um, these were all kind of like new teachers together. So that was, that was hard with the first year. But then after the first year, we started picking up some momentum mm -hmm. and, um, we got a little bit better at teaching. We still didn't really know what we were doing. Um, so then by about the end of the second year, we were like, all right, let's open another studio. And then we 
we already had bought the territory for Menlo Park. So we opened, so Sebastian Legree made the Megaformer. And if you want to, back then, if you wanted to open in a certain city, you had to buy the territory, right? So we opened in Menlo Park because we own the territory. We opened there um, about two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. And right when we opened, like we were killing it. Like our classes were all full. Like all of the moms in Menlo Park were like, oh my God, I'm so happy to be here. So it was really cool. It was really cool to like, I remember like the first class I taught at Menlo Park and I was like, I so deserve this. Like I like when people were telling me congratulations, I was like, thank you so much. Because I knew like how much it took to get there. You know what I mean? Because we only opened Menlo Park because Red, our Redwood City studio, like our 70 classes a week were totally packed. Mm-hmm. And there was like, we were definitely building like a demand. Um, and it's not even that we really knew what we were doing with the workout. Like, like something that I know how to do really well is I can create a vibe. Like, if like I, like I, I love parties, like I love having fun. You know what I mean. So when I'm with a lot of people, like I want everyone to have a good time. Like I'm Italian too, so it's like all right, let's have fun, let's do this. So like people wanted to be like in my energy field, wanted to be like in the energy field of my business. And when you feel comfortable, that's when you get results. You know what I mean? When it comes to like working out, like mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable and you feel like people are judging you, like you're not like you're not gonna get what you want. But if you're with people that are like, oh, it's my friend here, and like I really like this girl I met her last week. That's a really amazing environment for people to like create change. You know what I mean? Totally. How did you how did you how did you cultivate that? The you know make people comfortable because it's a weird it's kind of a weird exercise. Maybe people aren't really you know they they're not really comfortable with the ex like w- w- with what they're doing. They're like looking at the people next yeah. to them. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is letting them know that like, no matter what they do, like they're good. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's really no right or wrong. Obviously, if they're doing something unsafe, like they're dropping their head, their, their head like this, or like rounding their spine, we'll let them know like gently, like hey, like keep your spine neutral. But I think the biggest thing is like when when someone walks in, you're like, hey, like what's your name? You know, it's like how are you doing today? Because I I feel like I go to a lot of before before COVID, I feel like I would go to quite a few businesses and like the people there wouldn't acknowledge you, and I I really believe like you know our root as human beings is like, we all want to feel seen, you know what I mean? And if you meet someone and you're like, Hey, like, you know, how are you doing? And you really actually take an interest, then people want to be around you. You know, like people want to, people want to feel special you know, this is not stuff. I, I know you probably know this stuff. It's like, you know, it's like the Andrew Carnegie, like make me feel special, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And the other thing I would say, I just remembered right now is again, like, I believe that divinity is within each, within each and every one of us. So I believe like there's a God in you, there's a God in me. Like every person I meet, I believe they have to teach me something. Like I'll be with a child who's five and I'll be like, like what, what are they saying? Like what are they talking about? You know, like I like I don't I don't believe in hierarchy. I don't believe that like some people are better than others. Like I really believe like we're all one. So anytime I meet anyone, I mean, especially now, I'm so grateful to like be with someone. I'm like, hey, I'm here with you, Alex. Like, it's really good to see another person that's not my family. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just think that because I, I see God in everyone, I just, I, I want to like take that time to, to like connect with them because, you know, we don't know how much time we have. Like this, this, you know, this moment is fleeting and who knows what's going to happen in the future. So you have to, I, I always love being super present with people like right now. And that's also like my acting training. So like I was like doing Meisner acting, Meisner acting is just like literally like not losing eye contact, like being in the moment with someone just like, it's like, I had like a really extensive moment to moment training for two years in LA and because I wanted to be an actor. And so I use that now when I'm with people, when I'm meeting them, like at, when I met them at my business for so many years, I would just be like here right now, like not think about anything else, just being super present. And people love that. People want to be with present people. Yeah. You know? 
Well, I think they can sense that too. They can sense if you're present. Like if you're like, I don't know, even if they make eye contact with you, you can still kind of get the vibe from someone if they're not really, you know, interested, which is a weird kind of like human connection thing. But one of the things I really liked is how you talked about you treat everybody the same. I think that's absolutely yeah. beautiful. You were, t- you were talking about a five-year-old, but I think that's so, that's so true too. You can learn so much from someone so young because, you know, I think in a lot of ways they're more wise than we are. Like I think we all are. So, yeah, I think that's yeah. super interesting. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. When I was like, I used to be like nanny, this like five year old and what I would learn from, I remember like I learned so much from her. I still think about her like 10 years later, like she was so like in the moment, like everything fascinated her. Like we were watching a Power Rangers episode together and like these little like guys jumped off the screen, like having these little wings. She was like, oh, and I was like looking at her like so much joy. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I like who doesn't want that kind of joy and that kind of like excitement about something they see, you know, it's like that kind of, so I feel like you can learn from children that adults kind of like lose lose touch with yeah. that wonder, that joy, that excitement of life. Yeah, that's so beautiful. That's so true, though. We're very, I feel like we're like very similar. Like you're high energy, and you like you talk really fast, just like I do too. So like we're very much on the same wavelength. It's awesome. Yeah, you're like the first person I've actually met that talks as fast as I do, but I can actually like understand you. And we think, <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. And we think very similar too with a lot of things. So it's kind of. I've, it's very interesting. Very interesting. That's funny. If I'm talking too fast, let me know because I want people to actually understand this. Like whoever does end up hearing this, yeah. For sure. Well, you know, I really, I talk really fast too, so I understand. But <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me happy. My dad like doesn't understand what I say half the time. So same with my yeah. parents. Same with my parents. <laughs> Man, I'm not alone. Yeah, that's crazy. Super cool. So you, yeah, so that, I mean, that was really cool to understand like the struggles you have and being like a first time entrepreneur. What was like, what were some of the, what were some of the toughest points of being like, especially a female entrepreneur in, in Silicon Valley, which is, you know, I would say in some ways notorious for being dominated by, uh, you know, white male business, business people. Yeah. You know, I think that like, uh, the biggest struggle, um, honestly was like managing, managing employees. Um, you know, when we didn't really have the money to like pay for a manager and it was like, all right, like we don't have the money from the business. Like we have to do it. Um, that was the hardest for me where it's like, you need to start a brand. You have to know what you're doing to work out, having you have experience, you have, to have like an amazing team. You have to make sure your team's in line. It's so many things, uh, that like you just have to learn, you just have to get right away. Um, but yeah, I think that like with my, like with the, so the, the biggest thing was managing, was managing people, um, managing staff. Um, but yeah, I always saw like what I, like with my business, it's kind of like its own little world yeah. where it's like, I'm, I was never paying attention to like, you know, really what other like people are doing. Maybe when I was younger, when I was my, when I was like 26, 27, I'd be like, oh my God, like I should be working at a Facebook like everyone else, or I should be like doing what everyone else is doing maybe. And then, then, then when we started getting success and we started like doing well, I was like, oh my God, I'm so happy that like, I've never like compared what I was doing, um, with other people. Because, you know, it's like back in, like, um, back when we opened the studio, like it wasn't cool to do fitness. Like, unless you were a big brand like SoulCycle or Barry's Bootcamp, it's like when I opened my business, people were like, oh, like, what is this? And I was like, I'm opening a fitness studio. And it wasn't cool. So I think the biggest thing was like um, not caring. Yeah. You know, it's like no one wants to look like a fool. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. the, do you ever, do you know those tarot cards? Like, do you know the tarot? 
This is kind of a very California question. No, I don't like like the uh, Justin Trudeau or whatever. Or no. So, so there's um, so there's like tarot cards where it's like different archetypes of each card, and like we all embody different archetypes. So there's an archetype of the fool. Yeah. And in the part of the fool, it's like a man carrying like like a stick with little bag, like holding his belongings, and like he's like the fool of like his village. Where it's like the fool is going to do. I'm so off topic right now, but it's no, this is great. Okay, um, the fool is about following their hearts. You know what I mean? The fool is about like no matter what the rest of society is saying, the fool is going to do them because they have to follow their heart. They have to follow their truth. So, so it's like I saw myself always as like the fool of like you know everyone's doing this thing. I am in the midst of all this tech, but like I don't give a shit about tech. Like I don't care. But like more power to all tech people. I don't like it. You know, but yeah. what I was passionate about was movement. And so, you know, so I'm, st- I, I mean, my movement interests have evolved, but uh, I will always love Megaformer, but I'm just like, I, to me, like, okay, this sounds kind of weird, but um, in the Sikh religion, uh, they say that angels are jealous of human beings because we have bodies. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we have these incredible bodies. And I believe that all our answers that we need are all in here. Like it's not an external world. It's like you create a very strong internal compass landscape. When you have a really strong connection to your body, that's all you need, you know? So I'm so grateful that I've like chosen to go down this path of like the body, physical health, because to me, like that's the most important thing. And like with my shoulder hurting and everything and not being well the past couple of weeks, I'm like, health is wealth, baby. Like that's it. You know what I mean? Like if you have like serious physical issues, it doesn't matter how much money you have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. And I I think I I wish you could go in a little bit more about the, about the fool there, because I think that's, that's kind of interesting. Like uh, I'd be interested to hear hear more about that because I think a lot of people, they feel so much pressure and, from, from society or from their parents or from whoever to not follow their heart. And I guess maybe yeah. there's, there's lots of people who don't make it. So there is, you know, maybe there's some proof that it's not the best way to go, but, but it's, but I think yeah. in, in following your dreams inherently, it's scary and it's risky. And so you, I mean, you obviously took the jump and totally. yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I have a lot of compassion for people. You know, I think that it's a lot of times it's a personality thing. I'm a very like wild, like, sometimes reckless person i'm just like that kind of personality type um to be like let's roll the dice let's do it you know um so like like i get the people around me that are close to me like they're nervous for me sometimes they're like what are you doing and i'm like i don't know what i'm gonna do but it's fine you know i think the biggest thing is like you i think the biggest thing people have to understand is like you never know what's gonna happen in the future you can never have certainty about what's gonna happen in the future um only god knows um and I think that, like for example, like uh, with all this COVID stuff, it's like, oh, like things are so uncertain. I'm like, guys, things have always been uncertain. Mm-hmm. Like why? Everything's always uncertain. Like yeah. then I think because like being an entrepreneur, like for six years, my life was like, like so uncertain that it's like, no, 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 life is always uncertain. So you should do whatever you want because you never know what's going to happen. Because it's, you can't like be like, okay, I'm going to have this one job that's like cush and like I'm going to get all these things benefits from and then no it's like you you just don't know what's gonna happen so you just should do what you love you know what i mean totally i 100 percent agree with that yeah 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 i think i love that you're so spiritual like you're like you're a business owner but you're also like very in tune to like yourself and your body and what you want 
and and then using your business as like a vehicle for that, which I think is super cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think I think that like the biggest thing a, a spiritual person could do if they want to grow is open a business, is start a business. Yeah. Because like you're getting pushed so hard by so many different people. By you know, how do you not let the voice in your head completely take over? And how do you, you know? It's like how do you relax when you're not going to want to relax ever because you're thinking about your business twenty four seven. So it's like it's been an incredible training training grounds. Much better than being in a cave meditating for years. Yeah, you know. What I mean? So you think it's almost more of a self, like a like entrepreneurship is more like a self uh, journey, like a self actualization journey than like. Oh yeah. Than it is about yeah. Because yeah, I'm beginning to see inklings of that too. Like I feel like as I progress as a human, my business progresses more. You know what I mean? And it's like it's almost Absolutely. more of like you have to go inward versus like fo- like fo- to make your business better versus like. I don't know, focusing on your business. I don't know. Exactly. Oh, you're, that's exactly right. I yeah. completely, completely agree with that. Um, I think that, God, there were some things you said that was really interesting in the beginning of all that. Um, uh, uh, there, you said something that I really want to touch on. Wait, wait what did you say in the beginning of the sentence? Uh, the beginning of the first couple sentences? Uh, the first couple sentences? Um, it was, it's a self-actualization journey, basically. The, the yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's right. You're really good at remembering. So, um, I'm hot, but thank you. You are, you are. Um, so, okay, like I was telling my sisters that if my business would be completely demolished by tomorrow, like if we would never open again, if we'd be like shut down forever, honestly, like I'd be fine with it because it wasn't about like the money I've made or the thing I created. It's all about the woman I've become in the past six years. Like all those experiences have made me who I am. So it's like, again, if any everything would end, end tomorrow with my business, I would be honestly fine with it because I like the fact that I've like cultivated like who I am because of all the challenges I went through. Like that's all I that's that's all I could have ever asked for, hoped for. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. You hear people say that all the time, and it's, and you like I think for the average person who works at a regular nine to five job, they think, you know, how could someone who you know lose everything? How could they just come back? Like because the person who had the nine to five job, they would it would be very hard for them to come back, but. The person who we you know has their own company, they've gone through the, the process, they've they've been in the ring and been you know, been beaten up and they've under they've got the process down for what it takes to actually build something up from scratch. Absolutely absolutely. And I think that um I mean I can imagine if if I had children or if I had like a well, I do have a mortgage payment, so never mind. Like if I had children <laughs> or something like that, I would be really nervous right now but i don't you know what i mean like i don't have a husband like i'm single it's just like i i'm good it's like i just need to focus on me so i feel like i'm really lucky when it comes when it comes to that like how do you survive and also like do like you know yeah make money and then do what you want to do but um yeah i'm just really okay with uncertainty yeah you're a you're um an argentina hippie girl at heart <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna go there one day. I actually want to go to Mexico in a couple of weeks to uh, live there for, for a little bit. Seriously, is it cheap down there? It's so cheap. Seriously, like how cheap? Yeah. Um. So I'm looking. Okay. So um, in between Cancun and Playa del Carmen, there's like this fishing village called the Puerto Morelos or something. Oh. And so I was looking at this Airbnb. Like the stunning beach is right outside of it for like eight hundred dollars for like three weeks. Oh my gosh. Dang. Yeah, I know. Wow. That might I be just in the like the energy of like beach vibes and like like you know what I mean. Yeah, that might be the that, I'm, I might have to look into that because I just got a small little bit of funding for Imbue, which is nice. So oh, instead of, instead of instead what? 
Congratulations. It's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, so instead of like paying for rent here, maybe I'll go somewhere nice and chill on the beach and work. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Mexico is a great place. I mean, it's massive, but <laughs> yeah. Nice. So uh, getting back on topic here, um, you know, take us back to what actually, I don't know, when did the gym shut down here in the Bay? In Minnesota, they shut down March 17th. I think you guys shut down beforehand. Or no, you guys didn't shut Okay, so I think it was like that Monday. So I think, okay, that Friday was the 15th. I want to say like we were we were done that that Monday. I want to say it was like March 17th. Oh, it was the 17th too. Okay, nice. So it was yeah. the same as Minnesota. That's crazy. Yeah. What was going through? So did you guys actually shut down? Because I know you were open a couple of weeks ago. Did you shut down, open up, and then it had to shut back down again? Yeah, we did. Oh, dang. So take us back to like March 17th. What was going through your mind? Like, I know you're you're very comfortable with uncertainty. Maybe, what, what were your sisters thinking? What were they thinking? Yeah. Because there was so much uncertainty. Wait, what'd you say? There was so much uncertainty in there. Like, people didn't, uh, you know, people that really didn't really know what the virus was going to be. They didn't know how long the shutdown was going to be for. It, it, the future was so uncertain. So I was curious, like, what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah. Um, it At that time... Um, five, so I'm like, you know, you're catching me after five months of quarantine, Yeah. you know, so I'm like, I'm five months uncertainty, but, but when we had to shut down, like I definitely was nervous, you know, it was like, okay, like, um, what's going to happen with all our employees? Like, you know, how long is it going to be? I remember we were talking to, um, like our partner, one of our, a, a business partner of ours. And I was like, okay, it's going to be for three weeks. He's like, guys, you're going to reopen May 1st if you're lucky. And me and my sisters looked at each other like, no, like, are you kidding me? So, um, at first it was stressful. And, but the, the biggest thing is like letting go, you know what I mean? After, after a couple of weeks, it was like, this is our new life, you know? And, um, we're not making any money, but like, you know, thank God we each have a savings, but like, we're not, we're not, we're not making any money, but like the situation is what it is, you know? Totally. Were you, yeah. what was some, what was some of the scariest moment? Like when it, when it first happened, when you first kind of got wind of it, like what was going through your mind? You were like, oh my gosh, like, what do, like, were you thinking, what are you going to do? Or did you kind of know that you were going to be okay? Just so, trust it. Okay. So I think the, the biggest, the biggest thing was before we announced that we were shutting down, yeah. uh, the, the, the state or like the, the local, the government didn't say for sure that we had to close down. So we were, we were getting emails from different fitness studios saying like, we've decided we're shutting down. And we were like, okay, all these businesses have said they're shutting down. Do we look like we're jerks or that we don't care about the community if we stay open? So we were like, do we shut down? Do we stay open? So we didn't know yet. So we were like, are we being unsafe if we keep classes tomorrow on, on Monday? So that whole, that whole Sunday, the day before, okay, so I want to say it was like before March 17th. We were just like, what do we do? Then finally, uh, Sunday evening, like 4 or 5 p.m., we sent the email to – our, our, our entire community telling them, hey, we're shutting down. Then I want to say like an hour later, the government was like, you have to shut down. Fitness studios have to shut down. So we were like, okay, it's a good thing that we did it, you know, before. Totally. Um, but I mean, again, we were lo looking out for the health of our instructors, the health of our community. Um, so that's what the first initial stress was, is do we stay open or do we, do we close? Yeah. It's actually yeah. – um, Sorry, when you, when you were talking about the government thing, it made me think of this. Uh, there was this uh, thing I saw yesterday, an article, basically in, in Palm Beach, Florida, and in, in New Jersey as well, that people are actually uh, suing the local government for shutting down the gyms because they, they said that they didn't have legal authority to do so. 
And so I, I know for it was in Palm Beach, Florida, they basically asked for all the, the local government to resign and same thing in, in New Jersey. It's kind of, it's, I mean, it's kind of interesting across the country, what a like stark controversy this, you know, it's, it's all created. Yeah, that it's so tough with taking, um, I mean, more power to those people that are, you know, putting all that energy into suing them. But like, oh man, yeah, I don't want to deal with attorneys. I'm just like, I need to, I need to chill. Yeah, yeah. But good for those people that if they feel called to do that, they should do that. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So then, um, how did you guys adapt during the pandemic? Did you guys shut down completely, or did you guys try and I, I those because the reforms are pretty big. You can't like rent them out to somebody to you know, exactly. sleep in their house. How'd you guys, did you guys do online classes at all or? So we were doing some online classes, but like, you know, you, you took class, like you took my class, you could, you worked out on the machine, like, you know, it's not replicable. Like we had a lot of our, you know, like our community saying like, hey, can you like try to copy it? And it's like, you know, no, like, uh, it, it's just, it's just, it's, we're very much like, we're an in-person kind of thing, you know? And totally. like, I'm not gonna like, and like, let's also talk about our competition, our online competition. We're against people who've been at this for literally years, like decades maybe sometimes with some people. So it's like people who have been at the online fitness thing, they are shining right now, more power to them, bless them. But like, I'm not going to try to like put some things together and say, hey, can I compete against this person who has a million followers? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. So I got really, I was really um, just into my, my dance and, um, the other things I'm studying. So I've just, I've just been doing that. I'm so happy. Yeah. That's awesome. I love your happy personality, man. I, I feel like, I feel like more people need that. I feel like I could use, I could use some, uh, more of that in my life as well. You're, 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 you're such a happy person. No, you're, su you have such an amazing personality. Like you're so happy all the time. Like I, oh, like it, it's very rare to find someone like that though. And honestly it is. So <laughs> it's very special when you meet someone like that. Oh, thank you. You're so sweet. Yeah. But yeah. no, seriously, I do mean that. But uh, so go, <laughs> going back to your culture, um, yeah. I think that's, you know, people are kind of doubting whether the fitness industry is going to come back. But I think the people who are seeing that don't really understand what the boutique fitness studios movement is about. Like, it's it's like it's like a quasi-religion. Like, you bring these people in, you they're very like-minded. And, you know, they come in from the time to practice with their friends. These people are, you know... I don't know, it's just a very like-minded community. And I, I think yeah. the, the culture is the biggest thing. And it's hard to replicate online, if not near impossible. At least the technology's not there yet. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think that um, I'm going to say something really different. Um, so I, I'm really into people that are channelers, people who like channel higher dimensional beings. Have you ever heard of this before? Did I, did I talk to you about this already? No, you didn't, but it's actually super interesting. There's this Chinese lady who, who subleased my, one of the rooms we had here because my buddy decided to leave. And she's been telling me all about the stuff, which like, about the channeling stuff, which is kind of weird. And she's, okay, that's weird. she's been giving me lots of like, uh, like interesting books to read as well. Like, yeah, I'll have to tell you more about it later, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, definitely hear about that. Yeah. And then, so what the, okay, so this is what I've known for years actually. So I didn't, okay. I didn't know that we would be going through a pandemic, but, um, it was prophesized for thousands of years that the world would be falling apart like it is right now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's falling apart to make way for a new level of consciousness in humanity. Mm -hmm. So this is a time that we're like waking up. So it's like uh, waking up, meaning that we're not going to be so associating with like the voice in our head. So it's like, 
if we if we're believing everything the voice in our head says it's like i'm gonna have the worst life ever you know mm-hmm. i'm gonna be judging people i'm gonna be whatever like like making up all these fake stories so so let me get back on track so um we're in the age of aquarius right now have you heard of this the age of aquarius yes i have actually yes okay and so surprise okay because it's kind of a different kind of idea but the age of aquarius like i said is all about like people it's about like humanity coming together it's about sympathy it's about um, it's about people trusting each other it's about like people loving each other um so we're so like in a couple hundred years we're going to be in a harmonious period on this planet and like many different cultures thousands of years ago just prophesized that that would happen right now so it's like the hopi uh, native americans said it um the kabbalists the the jewish kabbalists said it on um, the uh god so many different cultures said it and now, separate yeah and they were separate right they were they weren't connected exactly so they all said the same thing so it's like they basically along the the hopi tribe the hopi tribe said that this is a time of like the eagle uh, uh, i'm gonna book just this is the time of like the eagle and the okay no, no, okay okay <laughs> i'm gonna say what the, the jews said the jew the kabbalist said that this is a time of the woe and the blessed so people who choose to be in fear are going to be the woe people who choose to not to choose love and not fear they're the blessed so right now so i knew this years ago i was like there's going to be a time where there's going to be people who are going to be in a lot of fear or there's going to be people who are like you know what i could be scared uh, or i'm going to choose love instead i'm going to choose to love everyone around me so that's exactly what's happening right now you know it's like there's so much fear but there's also so much love and so much like connection like like oh my god i yeah i don't even know where i'm going with this but that's what i really believe is happening right now so it's like this is just right now we're in a we're in a really like we're we're like in a purgatory right now you know what i mean we're in a mm-hmm. purgatory we don't know what's going to happen but the higher dimensional beings are telling us that this next decade is going to be a time of healing um that people that are healers and light workers are going to be really like like rising to take on their roles as leaders on this planet. Mm-hmm. And so I know that I'm one of those people. I don't know if it'll be through hardcore through my megaphone studio, but I know that like my mission is to be a healer is to help people. So that's why I'm not scared of like what's going to happen. I just know that I'm here to help people and um and here to help people like find honestly like groundedness and like normalcy because it feels really scary right now for a lot of people. Like what's happening? It seems like the world's ending like 100%, you know. But um it's it's so anyway, that's what I like believe is the next like 10 years because the higher dimensional being said that interesting so i wonder how i wonder how they even knew uh, like i don't know like like and, and how yeah how do, how would they understand that or is it something internally or is that something that they were able to channel or i think that they like talk to spirits so it's like you know let's say we're in one dimension right we're in, we're in the fourth dimension yeah so these higher dimensional beings live reside in the sixth dimension the seventh dimension the eighth dimension So what I've heard is like they're just like kind of like light beings mm-hmm. and on um, oh this way this is so interesting can I this is so interesting okay. go, 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 go. the higher dimensional beings said uh said that um oh I just had it that the we're us human beings being on earth right now mm-hmm. we're playing like the greatest game of all time that's what they said where it's like we're all these divine beings being born into these bodies forgetting anything of where we're really from these were all really from like god right these were all god yeah. so we're, we're we're having this temporary amnesia to like 
go through all these lessons on this planet, but apparently all the other dimensional beings from all the dimensions are like watching what's happening on earth right now being like, Oh man, like, are they going to evolve? Are they all going to die? Like, are they going to rise to consciousness? Because like our rise to consciousness is going to influence their, their, um, like evolution as beings in their other, in the other dimensions they're in as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, well, def I'll definitely have to chat with you after about uh, my Chinese lady because she's she's been uh, she's been enlightening me about like literally the very stuff that you're talking about now, which is interesting. So yeah, super cool. So um, I guess going back to going back to hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where are you guys at now? Like, how are things? You guys, so you guys uh, open back up again. And yeah, uh, what what was it like? What was it like to open back up again during during the pandemic? Like, were you guys nervous to open back up? Like, it was stressful. It was stressful. Um, just like you know, like having to have all the safety protocols, having to only open with half capacity. You know, like we did not even break even for the five weeks we were open. Oh we actually gosh. like it was it was more expensive. Like like we like we should honestly shouldn't have opened because it was it was just like it was just more. It was just, we, we didn't make money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we lost more than, we, we, I'm not the business one here, okay? I don't really know the numbers, but um, like we really can't reopen unless we're at full capacity. Yeah. So it might have to mean like potentially um, breaking all our leases and putting all the machines in storage and then reopening again when COVID's not a reality. Like that's a, that's a thing we might have to do. Like as of September 1st, as of September 1st, like, we didn't pay rent to any of our landlords. We told them like mid-August, we're like, we have no money to give you guys. Kick us out. Let us know. And two of them never got back to us. It is now. I'm like, what's the fourth? Yeah. Still not heard from them. I don't care. Like, that's their problem. You know, like, but the biggest thing is like, they, it's like, they can do whatever they want. Like, they can kick me out. I don't care. You know, so I think the biggest thing is like letting go, being like, all right, like, sure. But it, but when we were open, it was stressful. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because, yeah, I mean, because it really is out of your control at this point. Like you can't, yeah. you can't really do anything. So, no. but, yeah. but, but it's also bad for the landlord because they, if they kick you out, there's a very small chance that actually they will, there's no chance that they will bring anybody in there. Right. So. And they know that. And yeah. So at first, at first with our landlords, like we, we, back in April, we were like, oh my God, we were like, we don't, where are we going to have money? And now it's like, it's so funny. I've evolved so much in the past five months. I'm just like being confident, like being very confident and just understanding like, wait a second. Um, they don't have a foot to, they don't have a foot, a foot to stand on here in the situation. Like kick me out. Like I don't care, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, it feels very good to just be like, oh, I'm not going to do what you want me to do and do with it. <laughs> It's no great, you know, especially as a woman. Like we're talking about like you were mentioning earlier about like being a woman. I think the the biggest thing is like the way that women are conditioned, at least in American culture, is to just always be like the nice girl. It's like people please to be like, oh, I don't want to make you mad. Like, is it okay if like that is definitely like conditioning I'm trying to like release mm -hmm. to be like very okay with okay, I didn't pay them rent. They want rent. We're not gonna pay them. To be okay with that um, has been a journey, but now it feels good to be on the other end of it. Be like, okay, like I'm not going to please everyone. Not everyone's going to like me, and that's okay. You well, know? What was it like to go through that? Because that's like, I mean, you say that like it's an easy thing to do, but it's really not to be able to like to go through that process is is hard. And like, because I've been through that myself. So how did you get through it? Oh, for sure. I mean, just being okay with being misunderstood or being okay with 
you know, not conforming to what, how other people, you know, yeah, basically to how other people think you should, should uh, react to different certain you know, situations. Yeah. Um, do you mean in general, like people, because you cut out there a little bit, Alex, like you mean in general, like people um, kind of like in general, like people pleasing. Do you mean that? Yeah. 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 Cause, well, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is the thing. I, people pleasing has been the hardest thing for me the past six years. Yeah. It's like, uh, because yeah, like I think as well, like I'm a recovering perfectionist where it's like, besides maybe like being a woman in this country, it's like, Oh, okay, but that's also another thing. It's like, you want to be perfect, you know? It's like, okay, well, um, this client said they didn't like my class. Oh my God, like, I can't believe it. Like, how do I get better? It's like, if someone gives me negative feedback, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I've never, so for years, like, I had people being like, oh my God, I love your business, you're doing such a great job. And I'd be like, really? I don't think I'm doing a, a great job. And so, um, I think that the biggest thing is like, me acknowledging myself, like, continuously being like, hey, you're doing a great job. Like, this person, they're not into it. That's, that's totally fine. You know? So the big, the biggest thing I think is positive self-talk because you know, you're not going to please everyone. And if you're pleasing everyone, like you're doing something wrong. Totally. Yeah. You know, but it's still, but even, even if I know, even, even, I mean, even if you understand that it's still kind of a hard thing to work through. Right. Because yeah. Oh my God. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been the past six years of, of me trying to, uh, like, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah. I literally don't have an Instagram because I don't want people to judge me. Seriously. Like, I'm like, oh, I can't. I mean, did you hear me say that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's why I don't have an Instagram. I'm like, oh, well, if I post this, you're going to judge me. And it's like, I'd rather just, I just stay away from all that because I'm like, I just don't, I just felt like people would, you know, maybe like be a critical enough with the business, with my business. So I'm like, I don't want any like critical like stuff, like through my like, you know, Instagram or like, oh, like, why are you talking about that? You should be talking about this. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of totally. like, um, I'm a very sensitive person, you know? Yeah. And I'm and a lot of times like in a, in a cocoon, like developing things. And then when something's like, I, I, I've become like this, this wasn't how I was six years ago. I'd be like, this is who I am. And then, <laughs> and then now I'm definitely more like, you can't see that. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm definitely incognito a bit because I'm, I'm just like, I'm still getting nervous to be judged. Yeah. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you mean um, in a cocoon? Like you when you when you have ideas, or is that what you're talking about? Like you when you have ideas, yeah. you don't want them to be attacked from the outside, or? So like I'm in a cocoon right now. For example, with dance. Yeah. So I'm really really obsessed with dance hall, and it's like this dance from Jamaica. And like I'm not gonna lie to you, it's a pretty like sexual dance. It's like a lot of like so it's not twerking. Jamaicans call it shaking. So it's just like doing like if you watch these dancers, it's shocking. It's like Oh my God. Seriously? Um, What's it called? I'm looking up. These women are so free. Like when I was in Kingston learning from these dance hall queens, yeah. like the stuff they do, you're like, you're a badass and I want to be just like you. And so like, like my parents don't know what kind, they're like, okay, why are you going to Jamaica? I'm like, I'm going to learn to dance. But like, <laughs> they don't know. it's shocking. And like, I can't have my parents ever see me dance because it's just like, you know, like in our country, like sexuality is taboo. Um, and I, it's really crazy that it is, but I, I you know, and anyway, I, I think there's gonna be like such an emergence because I, I believe like when you're connected with your sexual energy, you are connected with your power. Totally. And so I think that, would you say? Totally. I couldn't agree more. Sorry, my yeah. today. 
Because your 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 sexuality is, it resides in your second chakra, right? Your second chakra is your second energy center. Sexuality is also your creative center. So if you if you're not in touch, if you're let's say you have like body shame or like you have shame about any like part of like your sexuality, you're you're not going to be creative. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not in so like I'm not, like and we're here to create. Like I, again, like the God energy. God. What does God mean? God means generating, organizing, destroying. So it's like we're here to generate. We're here to create. So they're they're one and the same. So uh, anyway, I'm going off again on a different tangent. No, uh, that, no, it's interesting yeah. because like if if you reflect, like I reflect on my own life, and you think of like when you're when you're with someone you really care about, and you are like in with that sexual like energy vibe, you're like you're a better person. At least you like, at least yeah. I seem like a better person during that yeah. time. And you that was my most creative. That was my most productive. Like you know, what I mean, when you when you find someone that that really ignites that, you know energy in you like you become a different person it's pretty cool to see exactly and it's like and then if every person like learns how to ignite themselves then every person will be like whole and complete and then everyone's going to be together like being in their divine energy self and we can create a new earth like that's the plan you know what i mean (laughs) so how how do you how do you ignite it within yourself well a lot of it is on breathing i just looked up the the dance this is the dance hall the dance hall Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I, those are my drills every day. Oh my gosh! Actually, no way. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is badass. Like when uh, it's to me, like I I feel alive when I'm dancing. I'm like, this is what I have to do. Yeah. You gotta yeah. follow that, right? You gotta follow that. Oh, I, yeah. That I, it's, I'm excited, you know. It's, I think the biggest thing is, like, when you start a journey, it's, like, you're not supposed to know where it takes you. Like, people want to know, but it's, like, you're not going to know. Be okay with that, you know? That is so true. How do you how do you deal with that? I mean, I suppose it's probably just something over the six years of entrepreneurship that you've... How do you deal with that? I mean, I think the biggest thing... Um, so, I... Okay. I really started believing in God a couple years ago because my grandma told me to... I had a psychic reading. My grandma was like, oh, yeah, like, you need to really start believing in God. And at that point, like, I didn't really believe in God that much. But when you realize that, like, this is, like, that this is a virtual, I believe this is a virtual reality. And we're here to, like, grow and be challenged, have experiences. When you really understand why you're here, which is, again, to grow, to evolve, you're going to be like, all right, throw me the gauntlet, like, like f me up like let's just just jump into this because that's what we're here for we're not here to have the same experience every day we're not yeah. when you have this like i was learning from this one dimension uh, higher dimensional being that when you have the same experience every day that's when you're probably gonna like die because your spirit's like eh, like i've been doing this i'm gonna do the same thing for the next 20 years i might as well just die and enter into the next life or the next dimension because we're here to have different experiences mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that like when a person's understanding that they are creators, they have to create. When you're not creating, you will be depressed. Like depression is a disconnect is a disconnect from your spirit. So that's mm-hmm. what depression is. You know what I mean? So, um, so I think that uh, when people realize, like you're gonna feel maybe in the beginning it's gonna be uncomfortable when you create something, but once you start doing it and you get in the flow of it, it's gonna be totally worth it. You just have to first take that leap, mm-hmm. and you can't think. The people have to stop thinking. Like they just got to start doing and stop thinking. Because when you think about something too much, you're not going to want to do it. Totally. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That is. Yeah. I I think back when I'm young, when I was younger, like we, we, the more you think about things, the less likely you are to to do it. So. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Crazy. Yeah. How's your shoulder doing? It looks like you're rubbing it. Is it sore? Yeah. <laughs> Get excited from all the hand motions. Yeah, yeah. When I sit down, um, it feels unco- it's it's more uncomfortable. Like because I told you, I wasn't sleeping for like ten days. Yeah. Or more than that. Um, but when I'm walking around, it feels good. So gonna get better day by day <laughs> nice good stuff yeah so um what does the future look like then for hardcore i mean i guess it's a little uncertain right now what do you guys what are you guys yeah. looking like for the future the next i don't know five years if you if yeah. you thought if you're thinking that far out yeah i don't know i guess you never yeah. really know you know the thing is is that i i always want to be uh, creating an energy where people feel empowered and no matter what happens, I believe we will open again. I just don't know when, but I want to be a healing space for people in the community. So I just, because, you know, there's so much fear and you know, it's like, you know, where do you go for refuge? Like, where do you go? What if you don't have a supportive family? What if you don't really have friends? And so I want to be a space and a business where people can walk in and feel like I can breathe here. Like there's something about this place. There's something about the vibe, the vibe I'm, the high vibration and the high vibe. <laughs> HIV. The <laughs> HIV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I just want people to feel like in a good in a good vibe. You know what I mean? Like and and I just want I just I love like when my studio was open and I'd be like at my studio, like saying hi to everyone I know. It's just so fun. And I think that when when the quarantine's over, when COVID is over, people want people will want to be with each other. You know what I mean? Like people will want to be a part of communities. Um so yeah, I mean, if, I, I'm excited because I'm excited to be that healing energy. I know that like, again, this is my mission as a light worker, um, as a healer. So I'm happy to have that space for people when we do open back up again, whenever that will be. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because like, I know maybe this isn't an act comparison I, I talked about earlier, but it seems like that that is kind of what a religion is. And, and like, and I've, the more, like I just, you know, made put this analogy together like a week ago. But I feel like that, you know, what a religion really does is like provide a framework for people to think about, you know, their life, but also provide a great support network for these people. And it's through the stories that they tell. And so, but I think, I think fitness can almost be like a better version of that because you not only do that stuff, but you also inspire them. Like it's like, it's like another element to it. Like you have the support for, um, for the person and for the community, but you also have like support for their, like their physical well-being as well. And I think, um, so. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's funny that you said that as well, because I think that when you're, um, religion, I think focuses. So let's talk about the Catholic church for a second. Yeah. Yeah. The Catholic church, I think is, I was raised in the Catholic church. Um, it's, some things are true. Some things are not true. So when you're having community based on false things, sometimes, you know, what is, what is the base of that community? Whereas let's say, we're in a fitness studio, everyone's like, all I know is, is I was in that plank, it was hard, we did it together, and that's the truth, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like, people, like, people coming back into their bodies is the most, is gonna be, is going to be the next renaissance, you know? It's like, our culture, Western culture has been so focused on the mind, and we need to get back in our bodies. You know, the mind will drive you crazy. So I think there's going to be much of a de-emphasis on the mind and like a resurgence on like the importance of our bodies and like that it's again, like health is wealth, like it's everything. So, um, so yeah, um, I'm kind of off topic right there about community. 
But uh, yeah, I am feeling very hopeful about fitness and about health. And I, I want everyone. I hope all fitness studios will like reopen with a bang. And yeah, I think they will. I think that there's gonna be is like what you said. I think there's gonna be a huge renaissance in the next decade of of fitness because like people realize how important it is for their life. Like just take this pandemic. Like if imagine if people were healthy, they weren't obese, they didn't smoke. Like that, exactly. that that decreases your chance from from any sort of bad outcome from this disease by like ninety nine point nine percent. Exactly. So I mean, if you, yeah, and not to mention you you have a more enjoyable life. Like when you're healthy, you're less you're less likely to, to succumb to depression. You um, like that's because you actually like you care about how your like you care about how your body looks and you're happy with how your body looks. So I don't know. There, yeah. There's so many great things about fitness that I think are like they're they're uh, aware from like a small like a. Know, a subset of the population, but I think it will be common knowledge amongst everybody. So, absolutely. Only, only. I think the the worst, like the worst, has happened. Yeah. Um. I think that we're. It's only like up from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> What's we'll <see> out tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tomorrow's an earthquake. <laughs> Shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we have the forest fires too, so you can't really do the workouts outside. So. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at a blue sky right now. I know. I'm same so here, actually. Like, Maybe where you are, but I'm like, I, like, oh, I'm so grateful to be to see the sky again. It was bad for a couple days up there too. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. it was bad here too. We, it's crazy to think of how quickly that happened too in a week. Like, you know, a million acres are burnt. Like, it's it's insane to think about. Oh, I did not even know that. Yeah. Actually, yeah, that's terrible. Crazy. Cool. Well, um, we're we're at the hour mark here, so uh, we'll end the podcast. Thank you so much, Elisa, for coming on the podcast. From hardcore, not uh, HIVA, not uh, HIVA. <laughs> we appreciate it. Amazing. All right.